Right. A business is figuring out ways to be creative and overcome challenges. And let's be real, most people don't like that. They don't like that work. They want things to be easy, which is why then you shouldn't be a business owner. Right. Because I am telling you from experience that your job is to be innovative. It's to think outside of the box. It's to be excited about stepping up to new challenges and finding ways to solve things that people just don't want to deal with, which is why hopefully you make the big bucks, yep. right? And so I hope this episode served you. I hope you got something good out of it. But, you know, running a business, people say running a business is hard. Well, it definitely is challenging, but running a business that's challenging can also be really thrilling and exciting. Yeah. So you get to choose your adjective. Do An you want it to rewarding. be hard? Or do you want to do something that's really challenging but exceptionally rewarding? Yeah. And I think that if you choose that path, then you'll be setting yourself up for problems, but you'll be able to kind of like look around the corner and anticipate them. And then they won't piss you off so bad. Welcome to the Push Podcast. Why push? Because a nudge is just too friendly. I'm Janelle. And I'm Eddie. And we're the Copelands. We are entrepreneurs, parents, business and life coaches. Lifelong learners is so much more. On this podcast, we share some of our best and worst experiences. <laughs> From raising kids to building businesses or having a career you always dreamt of, we tackle it all. And all the funny moments in between. Look, life can be a challenge and sometimes you just need the right friends to help you push through. Pushing you to the right mindset and perspective that shifts life in your favor. So if you're like us and you're always looking to grow, laugh and dream big, this is the place for you. So get ready to be pushed. Hey guys, welcome back to the Push Podcast. I'm Janelle Copeland. Janelle, and I'm Eddie Copeland. How you doing? Oh, look at you all regular today. Regular? Yeah, you wouldn't didn't have be, a rap. Wouldn't it be regular if I was rapping, capping, spitting lyrics every day that I'd be napping? <laughs> oh God, I wanted to Because my lyrics are so what? electrifying, I get sleepy and so I take naps. So I'm just... Just stop it, it. I just, just stop it, it. I just wanted to break it down just for you. stop it right now <laughs> we played this really fun game um last week with my brother-in-law and my sister right and you start with a celebrity's name mm -hmm. and so like let's just say we say tom hanks right right yeah and then you and say i would say what? like um tom, tom has so much money they call him tom banks right right Tom likes to barbecue in the backyard during the summer. They call him Tom Flanks. Franks. Franks? Yeah, like Franks. No, Flanks. Like Flanks. Flanks steak? No, Franks, yeah. like hot dogs. Okay, well, I want to do over. <laughs> you lose. Tom, <laughs> I did lose. But we went on and on. Okay, what's yeah. another one? Uh, Tom Cruise. Tom. No, we're still on Tom Hanks. Oh, okay. Tom Hanks, right? Yeah. yeah. Tom uh, goes to the bathroom in the morning. They call him Tom Stanks. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. yeah. Tom's put on a little bit of weight, so he has to wear Tom Spanks. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, let's see. Tom. Tom. Yeah. No, you're really good at I this. I know. I'm so good at this. Yeah. Well, well anyways. I, I, won dominated, last week. I dominated you this this day today. <laughs> yeah. But normally I am really good at this. So yeah. that's a fun game to play with your family. Yeah. It, who else did we do? We did. Um, I forgot who else we did. I think we did like Tom Cruise. Yeah. Right. And mm -hmm. we did. Um, uh, you have to do with like, was it one single syllables, right? You can't do. like. Yeah. Well, you can't do like. Smith. You can't say Denzel Washington. No, because there's no. 
Washington. <laughs> yeah. It has to be something where there are words that rhyme. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You so can't do Avril Lavigne. Yeah. Well, no. What rhymes with Lavigne? No. Kareen. Yeah, that's a name. That's another no, name. No, like Avril Lavigne can't drive, so she just they call it Avril Kareen. Avril, whatever her name is. Avril Kareen. Like Kareen Collide. Uh-huh. Yeah, never mind. You lose today, too. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, this was a fun suggestion, but then we just screwed it up. Anyways, yeah. it's a fun game. Play it with your family. Right. We saw it on TikTok. Yeah, it's super fun. So I have a... <laughs> <laughs> What's your what in the world? My what in the world is pretty depressing. I don't oh, even know God. if I want to... Yeah, it's, it's really, really Oh, bad. I feel like this is going to be so heavy, but... It, it is kind of heavy. Normally, oh, we keep it light in what in the world. But can we keep it I think funny? we got to keep it real. Okay. No, you, there's no way to keep it funny. Well, it was kind of funny when you showed me, and then it took a real hard turn. Well, let me just say... I, I don't know when you were laughing at Well, this. should I set it up? You showed me this TikTok. Every TikTok you show me is really, really funny for the most part and your humor is so funny because usually it's someone hurting themselves <laughs> like in the gym some lady swung a golf court a golf club the other day she fell so hard she fell off of the platform at top golf so you always send me things where they're really funny but people are generally you know, hurting and, themselves and, yeah and like it's funny because it catches you off guard because uh -huh. you think everything's going to be great. Either they're going to do something exceptional mm -hmm. or they're going to do something really dumb, really stupid. So right. you tell me to watch this TikTok. I'm watching because you're humorous. You always send me humorous things. And this guy is in a food establishment. He's yelling at this woman and he says, say one more word and I'm going to knock you out. Right. And I was like, oh, OK, is he going to hit her like this? Right. And so she said one more word and he punched her yeah, like bad. It was horrible. Yeah. And so then I was like, oh my God, what is, is that the worker? Is that what? Right, so right. then you proceed to tell me the story, tell the people the story. Yeah. So this, this is an unfortunate event, but, um, these two individuals are at a food establishment mm -hmm. and for whatever reason they get into an argument. Mm -hmm. Right. And I don't know why when custom, when other people like, when you're a customer, you're arguing with other customers. Like, I, I don't get it. Like, was he a customer? Yeah, he wasn't working there. Oh, yeah, he was. There were two customers there in line. So, whether someone cut in front or whatever the case may At a be, food place. they get into this verbal altercation. Mm -hmm. And so th then they start yelling at each other. Mm hmm. And obviously people start filming it. And so then he goes on and says, you say one more thing and he threatens her. Mm -hmm. And so then he proceeds to follow you know, through, follow through with that. And so at some point she texts her son who's in the car mm -hmm. and the report says that he's 14 years old. Mm -hmm. He walks in after she's like text, text, um, and, and for somewhere to, so I'm thinking what happens, he hit her three times. Mm -hmm. And this guy, was a punch. This is guys. a punch. Mm -hmm. This is a grown man punching a, a woman, a right? Grown woman. A grown mm -hmm. woman. And the 14 year old son enters and basically sees that his mom has been attacked or whatever. Mm -hmm. Proceeds to pull out a gun. Mm -hmm. Have no clue how a fourteen-year-old has a gun, mm -hmm. and shoots this guy. Mm -hmm. The guy runs out of the food establishment. The son proceeds to follow him and shoots him again mm. in cold blood. So mm -hmm. guy is dead, right? Then Horrible. she says. Then she's. Then the mom sure says. The starts pointing at witnesses, saying they egged on the the situation, and so she's trying to get the gun from the the son. The mm -hmm. son pushes her away. I'm reading it and i could be wrong like the, the son did not want to shoot someone that did not create harm the problem right mm -hmm. but i was like what is going on in this world where this kid one is sitting in the car with mm -hmm. a loaded weapon yeah 
ready to shoot someone. Well, I think that's a parenting thing, especially if she was like, hey, come in here for backup. Right. But okay, so this could be totally different. So like, let's say you're listening and you don't know the story. Right. Where I thought originally was because I just got back from Texas. So I'm like, okay, Texas open carry state. You said this man punched the woman in the face. She texts her son. Hey, I'm getting attacked inside of the restaurant. I'm thinking a grown up son, you know, so like you, if your mom, 65 years old, got punched and she texted you, hey, someone's assaulting me in the restaurant. If you're in a state like Texas and everyone carries guns, you're going to walk into the restaurant, see your mom getting her face punched in. There's a good chance you're probably going to shoot him. Mm-hmm. If you're in a state like Texas where you right. have like a license to carry. And because right. I when I'm in Texas and people are carrying guns just like on a Tuesday in their jeans, like at the <laughs> sandwich shop, I'm like, you're literally you're carrying that with intent to use it if necessary. Right. Well, wouldn't that be a necessary reason? I don't I don't, know. I don't think so. I don't know. But in that state where they want to carry weapons. Isn't that a necessary reason? Your mom's getting beat up right. in a I, public I, place. I don't. I know that there's like stand your ground um, laws. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that applies to Texas. I know it's like in Florida and certain places. So it's well, quite my possible. issue is, is why carry a gun if you don't have intent to use it? So that would be intent, though. Am I right? right. Like if you saw your mom getting beat up, would mm-hmm. you think I have a gun? I'm gonna shoot him to stop this. Right. Seems logical. But then your story took a turn where you said, well, actually, the kid was a kid and he was 14. Right. The mom is the one telling him to shoot him. And then she's telling him now shoot the witnesses. That's a parenting (laughs) error right there. Right. Not saying that she deserved to get punched in the face, but that's like a bigger problem. Now the 14-year-old and the mom are both arrested for murder. Right. Right. So Mm -hmm. I'm assuming if they're arrested for murder... Then they're probably not not in a state that has you yeah. Know, like, well, I'm assuming if you're freaking 14, right. you don't have a license to carry a weapon. Period. You do not. Okay. You, you're all. So my assumption, carry. though, <laughs> you know, my assumption was like, how can I justify this? And right. I immediately thought of if you saw your mom getting beat up. Well, that's not the case. Well, right? if you read in the comments, because that's really interesting, mm-hmm. is that that is the take. It's right. like if I saw my mom getting right. beat up, and people are saying as he should, this person was attacking his mother and mm-hmm. he was defending her. But I'm like. You know, as much enraged I would be if that was something that happened to my mom, like, would I shoot and kill someone for it? Well, you wouldn't. But But if we asked my brother-in-law, Mitchell, who has a gun collection, he'd say, yeah, that's why you carry a gun is to defend you and your family. Right. So is it... Is it lawful to shoot someone that's not does not have a weapon? Like, are you saying that that person's hands are equivalent to having a no. deadly weapon? It's the wild, wild west. This is why <laughs> we got to no move clue. to another country. I have no clue. This is why our Canadian friends don't want to come visit us in America because we are gun happy. Right. Well, so, yeah, and we not only are gun happy, but we have a tremendous amount of um, mass shootings, which are out of control. So someone told me the other day, um, because Jordan's getting ready to move to London. Well, yeah, they don't carry guns in London, but they're shankings and stabbings all the time. (laughs) There are far more incidents with knives and deaths. Deaths occur by stabbing far more than people die of gunshot wounds here in the United States. Who told you that? Uh, that doesn't seem I'm accurate tell at you, all. It was Mark, our, my personal trainer. <laughs> Mark right, said, Mark, I look it up. I, I, I'm going to look it up before I'm the I'm sure that there are 
stabbing incidents mm-hmm. you know uh, that probably happen on a regular basis uh-huh. but the thing that is the what, what leads me to believe that that can't be true like if you say apples to apples like to deaths like when you have gun when you have like gunshot wounds they're more fatal than probably a stabbing mm-hmm. but you also can kill multiple people at a time with mm-hmm. a gun where it knives you i mean you get, you're literally walking up to people and trying to well he's basically saying that because um you know because let's say in texas you can carry a gun there's less burglaries because people know they're going to get shot right versus in london you're not supposed to have like a weapon and so you never know who's going to have a knife and people use knives a lot in fights like you're not mm. intending to so you kill have, like, someone a knife fight right you have knife fights and people die so i don't know what the I'm, i don't know he shot that at me and i said well i have no data to support that or to rebuke that so you know I'm I mean, when you have a up. knife fight, is it like sword fights? Do they go? Do you like? Well, I feel your, like it. Yeah. You like, like put your knife together. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I don't want to. I don't, don't want to do that. Yeah. yeah it, it must be late because we're making humor of something terrible. But well, uh, I don't want to be involved in a gun battle or a knife battle. So why is this your what in the world? Well, my what in the world was event. like like the I just could not understand why a fourteen year old was sitting in the car with a loaded weapon ready to come into a store and shoot someone yeah like that to me i just didn't register um because well, it's not the kind of parent that right. you are and so I, I it's not that it's not only that but i mean like there are certain things that are somewhat ridiculous but you can say okay there's a perspective that i can understand here mm-hmm. i don't i don't understand what the perspective could be yeah. where a 14 year old would have a weapon like that mm-hmm. and then the mom is like pointing at like like a like a mobster take yeah. this person out like also was he like an one. assassin or yeah. something it's like <laughs> absolutely crazy to me yeah um but and again why is this grown man striking a lady yeah. in a food establishment over of what over she, some... from fries or something yeah. like she took his order like mm-hmm. what could it possibly be yeah right and so um just unfortunate but i thought that was, i looked at that and i was like what that was a what in the world to me like that what is a happening? what in the world yeah i have a lighter one but i'll okay. save it for the next one well maybe we need about... to, we need to lighten the mood a little bit well, okay maybe. so mine's just about customer service like oh. if i'm shopping <laughs> with my 17 year old and my 17 year old gen z daughter is like customer service has gone to hell, then I know that it's not just me acting like a boomer, Mm. right? So I go into Bath and Body Works yesterday and I have two gift cards and I said, hi, mind you, I stood in line for about 20 minutes. This is the same place that's going out of business, right? No, that's Bath and, wait, that's Bed Bath and Beyond. I went to Bath and Body Works where they sell candles and stuff like that, like body washes. Yeah, they're going out of business too. They are? Yeah. No, they're not. Yep, they're closing stores. Okay, well, anyways, um, I went into the one that was still open because right. I was like, I have some gift cards that I want to use and I'm going to buy some candles. So I spent some time shopping. The line's super long. It's just like a Sunday. And so I wait in line and my plan is to take three candles that cost $30 right. to the register. I don't want to spend $100 in this store, but I don't know how much my gift cards are, right? So I, I want to get to the front and I, when I get to the front, I ask the lady, can you please check the balance of these gift cards? And she goes, um, I'm going to have to charge you for these things first. And then when it comes time to pay for it, we can see if the gift cards work. And I said, yeah, I don't think it works like that. I right. said, I don't know if I want to buy all three of those candles. I want to check the balance of the gift cards. Right. And she goes, 
Yeah, I think the easiest way to do this is for you to just pretend like you're going to buy the candles. And I said, I'm sorry, do you know how to check the balance of a gift card? And she goes, well, that's the only way you can do it. I said, I think you should go ask a manager. And she was like, (laughs) "Okay." So she asked the girl next to her and she said, oh, um, I would just ring it up. She told her the same thing. And I, I was like thinking to myself. I get if you're new, if you're new, I've been new to many jobs and I've right. said, you know what? I don't actually know how to check the balance of a gift card. So let me go ask someone that can help me. But instead they're trying to charge me for these candles. It's like, it's a long process to tell me what the balance is. Right. And so I ask her the second girl now, can you just ask that guy right there? He looks like a manager. Can you just ask him how to check the balance of a gift card? It's just a quick, quick question. So she goes over and I watch her mouth. How do you check the balance of a gift card? He turns to her. He says, push this button, hit F6, and it'll tell you the balance. She goes, oh. So she comes back. I said, so just to be clear, there is a way to check the balance of a gift card. And she goes, oh, yeah, you have such and such. It was only like $35. I said, so see, this is what I was trying to tell you. I don't need $90 of candles. Then you would have been trying to figure out how to avoid the transaction. (laughs) It just seems complicated. Right. That was probably the third time this week that I had to like tell somebody how to do their job. And then the other thing that I have about customer service is like, if you don't know what you're doing, I'm totally fine with that. But say that, you know, I'm not really sure I'm new. I haven't been trained, whatever, but find a solution. Mm -hmm. And so this guy right now, I just got off of the phone with him and I was like, hey, I have a problem. I booked the wrong time. He goes, ah, should be okay if you just come when you want. I said, it should be okay. Right. Well, if I come when I want, it's after the time that I book. So what if I miss out on it? He goes, ah, I don't think it's going to be a big deal. Right. But are we going off of what you think and feel or is there someone you can talk to? And so I just find that this week in particular, I had probably five different situations where I was like, we have a problem with like people trying to do like deductive, you know, reasoning and problem solving like just what should I do? What should I do? I don't know. And they're not doing it. Yeah. <laughs> but Jordan has paid attention to it too. Yeah. And so she said recently we walked out of a food establishment. She said they need an adult in there. Oh, like that they was, just, yeah. Oh, kava. oh, kava. Yes. I'm going to uh, tell you, if need- you don't know what kava is, kava is a Mediterranean place that's like a Chipotle and the food's exceptional. Yeah. Exceptional. The service is absolutely terrible. Yeah. She said they have a bunch of children running this place well, and they so need adult we, supervision. We've all experienced really terrible customer service there. And I told you the one time I went there and I uh, was picking up and I asked for some extra like sauce. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I go, can I have some extra sauce? She goes, she doesn't say anything mm-hmm. to me. She turns around and I can see she's getting it uh-huh. and, and she hands it to me and I say, thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Not one word back. Right. And I was like, Maybe in my brain, I think I'm speaking English, but maybe I'm not. Maybe I'm coming across like the peanut gang. Wow, 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 wow. Right. And they, she didn't know how to respond. And so I was like, whatever. So you formed your mouth to say it again. I, no, this is the second time. Oh. So another day I come, I do the same thing. Totally different person. Mm. Totally different mm-hmm. person. I do the same thing. Hey, can I get some extra sauce? Mm-hmm. Not a word. Not mm-hmm. sure. No problem. Mm-hmm. Turns around, gets the extra sauce, gives it to me. And I say, thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Not a word. And I say, no. Thank you. Uh-huh. And she like nodded and like not even like it was like an indescriptive nod. It was like mm-hmm. and turns around and mm-hmm. continues to do it. And I said to myself, I don't think I've ever heard of that before. 
like I normally you say thank you, you say oh you're welcome no problem right. right you 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 tell someone that it wasn't a big deal mm-hmm. right because that's why we say no problem well, that's also why you're in customer service to serve the customer right and so I just was like what is happening so you said you actually called me and you said so I guess I'm not welcome <laughs> I'm not welcome I should never ask for them again and this is like one of those things that's just like I. I I don't know. I don't understand what's happening. Yeah. But like, those are things I think would happen. Then you so someone said they're the COVID grave, kids. Like they were turning, <laughs> you know, 16, 17 uh, during COVID. And they and got, now, and they're, the they're a part now. of the COVID blip. Right. So from 20, 2020 to 2023, they were in the blip. And yeah. so now they're out and they've entered the workforce and they, they still think it's COVID. I think that's going to be something that catches on. Cause you said that the other day you were like, Oh, they're, they're part of the COVID they're, blip. They're called the part of the COVID blip. And I was like, that is so accurate. Mm-hmm. They are a blip. Like yeah. they missed bloop, three years you missed of your life. Yeah. And now you just got dropped in 2023. Well, I was a part of the COVID blip. You were too, but it impacts us in different ways. Right. right? So like, I feel like just the other day it was 2020 and right. then all of a sudden you're missing like three years. And right. I just go, oh, that was a COVID blip. Right. And didn't you say there was someone that was actually saying they're not going to. Um, oh, yeah. Should... She was celebrating her 35th birthday, even <laughs> though she was turning 38. She goes, oh, I don't count the COVID years. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, because the blip. You shouldn't. I'm, I feel very like it's a very valid. It's a blip. Yeah, that's hilarious. So, yeah, we did the podcast all through the COVID blip. So I guess it doesn't count. <laughs> Anyways, um, so recently I was in Texas working with a student who signed the lease to a new bakery, has a new business, and she's hoping to be super successful, right? Right. And, um, you know, when we're out and about and we tell people that we're business coaches and consultants, you know, the number one thing that people say is like, oh my God, what's your advice? Like, Mm -hmm. I I really been sitting on on this idea. I want to start a business. I'm taking golf lessons right now. My golf instructor is like, oh yeah, my dad was a chiropractor and we used to help run his business. Um, you know, I want to start my golf business where she does lessons and stuff. So like, what are your tips? And I was like, you know, I always have the same exact tips. So I thought it would be really good to kind of share with you guys today in this episode. Like if I were starting a business in 2023, what are the five main things that I think hold people back that I think could set you up for success that I feel like are missing in most people. And so I kind of wanted to have a discussion around those things today. Yeah. And so number one, I'm just going to say you need an exceptional product, Mm. exceptional product. Why? Because most markets are pretty saturated in 2023. There's not a lot of unique things, right? But they put some sort of spin on it. And so I'm going to say something that's going to be very triggering for some of my baking friends. I had a bakery for 12, 13 years. That was back in 2009 when cupcakes were a big deal. If you're trying to start a baking business based off of cupcakes in 2023, it's not an exceptional product. Right. Like cupcakes are so 2009, even 2015, let's say. But in 2023, there are so many more exceptional products that you could build a business around if you're into baking that you have to be creative. Yeah. An example would be people are taking um, like cakes. You know, when I started my business in 2009, those shows were on Food Network. So Buddy had shows. So TV cakes were like a huge thing, right? Six, 
six um, foot cakes were like life-size things, everything covered in fondant. In 2023, if I was to start a baking business and I like to make cakes, I would figure out a way to be, you know, coming up with some sort of trend that I could use my skill and the great things that I bake, but put something like other than what was happening in 2009. Like that's not the happening thing anymore, Right. right? And so what's happening is people, they're saying we're in a recession. Consumers are being a little cheaper with like birthday parties that they're throwing. And also people don't like fondant. We've been on it for 12, 13 years. And so we know that they don't really like it anymore. They don't want six tier, six foot cakes anymore. What do they want? They want something grab and go. They want something that looks cool, something with a funny saying on it, something that's easy to cut, maybe something that's shareable. Like there's so many different things that people want. So what's trending right now is what's called a lunchbox cake. And that's literally a tiny little mini cake that maybe feeds two or three people. And it's in a little clamshell container, not plastic, not cute. It's like a little bento box, right? Right, right. So those are trendy now and like a hot big deal, not a cupcake. Yeah. And so I guess number one, having an exceptional product requires that. Number two, you do extensive research on your market. Before you go to number two, to add to the exceptional product, if you have an exceptional product, you still need to have a method in which you deliver it that's exceptional mm-hmm. or different. And so your business model within that kind of realm of product needs to be exceptional, needs to be different. So even though we were ragging on Kava, they have a really great business model, mm-hmm. right? They've taken something that normally gets delivered um, to you in a restaurant feel or in a way like Mediterranean food is like music, a plate, right? It's a plate. Mm-hmm. Like you go to, we have Mediterranean race restaurants around here and you have to order a plate. It's mm-hmm. either the chicken or rice, whatever mm-hmm. here at Kava, like here, like we're owning Kava right. <laughs> at Kava, you build your own plate. It's right? like Chipotle. It's like Chipotle. So their business model is unique and is a line out the door every mm-hmm. single time we go yeah. because it's so different. The product you could probably find at different places, Right. But they've delivered it in a different way. But and their so product's pretty exceptional. The, the products, they have fresh food. Mm-hmm. It's really exceptional. And so I think that that's super important. How you innovate in your way of delivering. So like you just mentioned, you take a regular product like a cake and you put it in something different mm-hmm. and deliver it different. It, it feels different to someone right. than getting a traditional cake. Yeah. Right. So you're saying if you're saying like, hey, well, I'm a golf instructor. I'm not right. making a cake. Right. If you're a golf instructor, what is a way in 2023 that would be an exceptional delivery of what you do? Right. First thing I think of is you got to be on social media then. Mm-hmm. You've got to build a following like you've got to position yourself as the expert and you've got to have some sort of website where people can go and like book an appointment with you and everything is taken care of online. So you should be able to take customers money in a way where if your grandfather was a golf instructor 25 years ago, you would be operating the same business, but in a different model. Right. Um, and processing your transactions in a different way. Why? Because it's 2023. Right. And I think which to, to add to that, because it's 2023, you know, you, you're, all, you're always talking about to, the, to the, our, our um, students about the, the price of entry, the barrier mm-hmm. to the entry. The barrier to entry. Well, I was thinking about that. The barrier to entry for every industry, for the most part, is drastically lower than it was 10 years ago 100%, or five years ago, right? Yeah. But also, there's availability to technology 
that's cheaper too. Mm -hmm. So if I'm a golf instructor, I probably have a digital platform where people can upload their swing, right? And they can go to the course without me and I can give them, you know, I can scale my business and have a hundred clients instead of constantly having to be one-on-one with someone, right? Because I can use video, I can use analyze, I can analyze it, I can send them back uh, corrections and things of that nature. That's all kind of using AI or using all different types of things. So those things are like unavailable before, but available now. And you have to lean into that. And I think, okay, so just to kind of circle back. So number one, have an exceptional product and also how you deliver it is important. But it brings me to number two, where I'm saying you need to conduct extensive market research. And that's everything from understanding who your target audience is, identify where you're going to find future and potential clients, what are their needs, what are their preferences, how do they want to do business business with you, what are their buying behaviors. So let's take the golf instructor, for example, because I like where you're going with that, right? You're talking about like what's a way to deliver the packaging, right? right? I'm even saying like part of conducting extensive research, if I'm a golf instructor, is to figure out a way to stand out in the crowd yeah. because yeah. the entry to barrier anybody, you could be a golf instructor if you wanted to, right. right? And so if I wanted to be a golf instructor in 2023, what would I do? I would look into some sort of technology where I could easily take video footage of my clients as they're swinging, which my golf instructor does. And she sends it to me and she circles like this one, your posture is great. She's pointing out literally of me what I'm doing right, what I need to improve on this and that. I would then give my clients homework and say, you're going to practice at least an hour this week before I see you next week. And I want you to upload your footage on my website and show me like what your swing is. All you have to do is just set up your phone, doesn't need to be a tripod, whatever. Just So we went to the range the other day and I set up the phone and I just got us hitting balls, right? So I meant to give it to her to say, hey, what can you, what feedback can you give me about this? But I would be doing that if I was right. a golf instructor. 100%. So your job as a business owner is to not only like research the industry, but it's to research competitors and how they're doing business. Not because you want to be like slimy and take them down and put them out of business, but because it's your job as a business owner to figure out how to bring something better, bigger, greater, more um, uh, valuable to the marketplace. And I think you find the gaps there, right? And so if you're studying the marketplace, you can find out like what already exists and then maybe something exists, but to your point, now I have a twist on it, right? And so- if I'm competing with your local golf pro that's at the at the golf course and I'm like, well, shoot, I can give them the same type of attention, but now I can do it and deliver it in a different way. That's going to set me apart, yeah. but also it's going to be able to create more value within my business. And then I would probably be able to save time because I think the big thing that people want when they start their own business is they're trying to own their own time. Yeah. Right. And so it defeats the purpose if you create a business that requires you constantly in the business because now you're just an employee of the business right okay so moving on to number three is build a strong online presence and i think because we're in 2023 and it's all about technology which you mentioned i remember back in 2010 when facebook was you know just barely kind of like something that people started using and i had posted this thing on facebook you know hey i made some homemade rice krispie treats and 
this is what makes them great. And if you're in the neighborhood, we'll be open for another hour. Come in and try a sample. And within 10 minutes of posting, people started walking in and saying, I saw your post. I'm here for the Rice Krispies. And I remember being elated right. that people saw the post and they were taking immediate action. Like you were sitting at home scrolling on your phone, watching TV. You got in your car and came to my small business and I felt so honored. And I immediately thought, how did people have businesses 25 years ago? Well, that's the thing I was just going to say. That's that the, what's the e great equalizer now is for now a small business can in some ways compete with big businesses because 100%. social media yeah. is the, is the great equalizer because you don't have to have TV ads. You don't mm -hmm. have to have, you know, billboards all over the place. You can have a presence online that could be relatively small, but have amazing content yeah. that's shareable that people want to share. And I think that what, what this is what trips up business owners is that they're not willing to create content. They're not willing to put themselves out there, which means that they can't participate in the, the thing that's equalizing mm -hmm. what the small businesses versus big businesses. And so it puts them in a place where now they can't participate. They can't grow their business and use marketing strategies because they can't, they don't want to participate. And yeah. You don't have the, the, the money to hire a marketing company. You mm -hmm. don't have the money to create, you know, to get actors to, yeah. you know, to do commercials online. Mm -hmm. So it's gotta be you. Mm -hmm. And so I think that you have to be able to, to be willing to, to, to participate in that strong presence online. And I think when we talk about building a strong online presence, I don't think you need to complicate it. I think you need two things. One, people ask me all the time, do I really need a website? Uh, yeah, everything has a website. Right. Freaking Baskin Robbins has a website now. Like, you know, everyone has a website. It helps with credibility, professionalism, and also people need a place to like view your offers professionally yeah. and then also transact with you. So right. figure out how to give you money. Um, so you need to have a website. It doesn't have to be professional. You can make a website in an hour on things like Wix or Weebly or Squarespace or even Square. And so don't overthink it, but absolutely you need a website. And number two, you need to leverage social media. And this is where people get tripped up. You know, oh, I'm not good at social. I don't, there's too many platforms. Yeah, pick one. Mm -hmm. And if you did, step number uh, two, which is conduct extensive market research, then you would know who it is that you're serving, how old they are, and then that would tell you where which social media platform they're probably hanging out on. Right. And so if you are like one of our students, Amy, who owns three different cinnamon roll companies, Mrs. Powell's in Idaho, and it's a retirement community for the most part, then those people are going to be on Facebook. You should only get good at Facebook mm -hmm. in the beginning. When you learn about Facebook, then maybe you want to head over to Instagram and find the next younger, you know, demographic. Right. And then you you'd have some confidence from Facebook. And now you know what you're doing on Instagram. Right. right. But start with one. Don't overwhelm yourself. Um, let's see what else. Um, basically, just spend time where your customers are when it comes to social media. So, yes, you need a website. Start with one platform on social media, but you need to have a strong online presence. And this is like if I well, I'll tell you, women like me follow other women who are Botox injectors all the time. Mm -hmm. We follow people who are fitness trainers all the time. People who are showing, you know, different ways to style your hair all the time. Right. Different hacks on uh, how to be more intimate with your husband all the time. Anything that there's a problem for, 
people are looking for solutions for that and they're finding them on social media. So right. you need to be on social media regardless of what your business is. Moving on to number four, uh, this is going to sound simple and silly, but it's the truth. And that is you need money to start a business. Mm -hmm. I'm so sick of people like, you know, they ask me for advice and I'm like, oh, you need to build a website, you know, spend a hundred bucks on Wix or Squarespace. Right. Oh, that costs money. Okay. So the alternative is don't have a website. <laughs> like, did you, who told you it was going to be free to start a business? Right. There are certain things you're going to have to invest in. Right. You're going to have to register your business. It needs to have insurance. You need to have an LLC when you first start. You need a business license. You need to potentially, if you're making food, you need a cottage license or a permit, right? You're going to need money right. to start the business. So don't like think that just starting a business is free. Now, if you're knitting stuff from home and it's a passion and you really love to do it, and you want to turn it into a business, you still are going to need money. And you also need the fortitude to say, do I want to rob myself of this passion that I right now love in exchange for money? People will be able to boss you around and, you know, customize your knitting things and say that they want certain things and requirements and buy a certain date. So now you have deadlines, you have instructions, you have to learn how to manage customers. You probably will need to hire help. There's going to be so many different things that you'll experience. But what I hear people say all the time is, well, this business is robbing me of my joy now. Mm. I just like knitting. Yeah. So like this is your forewarning. Like when you turn a hobby, something that you love into a monetary business whose sole responsibility is to make money, then you're probably not going to enjoy that thing so much anymore. And I think that to go along with this, like. What I hear you saying is, is that there's no avoiding the cost of starting a business, no. whether it be the cost of money, the cost of time, maybe the cost of learning things uh, the hard way, learning things the hard way, um, giving up some of the pleasures you have with the thing that was a hobby, especially if you want to make it into a business. Yeah. Right. And I think that there's ways to get back to thinking about it and enjoying what you do. But there always will be a moment where you're like, I am like burnt yeah. because it requires a lot of energy and a lot of time. Yeah. So there's no avoiding the cost. And I think that people sometimes think that they can, mm -hmm. that they can, you know, do, you know, it could be crafty enough or they can make it to a place where it's small enough, where they don't have those issues when it comes to um, starting a business where they feel like they're overwhelmed, yeah. but then you don't really have a business, yeah. right? And it's not something sustainable. You just so, occasionally take yeah, money for you, something. Exactly. Yeah. And it's not something you can live off of. Yeah. And so, I think the biggest thing is understanding there is a cost and you got to pay it. Absolutely. And I would just say like back to the whole needing money, there are certain things that you're going to want to have money set aside for. So maybe that's investing in an online course or taking a class or hiring a coach so that way you can gain the knowledge and information that you need to be successful in your industry and your business. Maybe that's paying for advertising because nobody knows who the hell you are and it takes a long time to grow a social media following unless you have an exceptional product and you really know how to market it and get it out there. It's still going to take some time for it to get its sea legs, right? Yeah. So maybe you need some money to pay for some advertising. Maybe you want to pay for something simple like uh, investing in a, a professional that will help you with search engine optimization so that way the pretty website that you spent all this time building can actually rank on Google and people can find whatever it is that you sell. Um, 
And, so you're yeah. not going to be able to do everything by yourself. If you really pick apart all of the different things that need to be done in business, you've got to write clever copy, you've got to take amazing photos or create some sort of video content, you've got to fulfill orders, you've got to shop for inventory, you've got to educate yourself, you've got to read books on leadership, yeah. you've got to do all these things. It's unrealistic to think that you are going to be the one woman or one man show all the time. And so I'm telling you from the beginning, you cannot build a business and intend to always be the doer of all things. And even if you strike gold, mm -hmm. like let's just say you do one video and it goes viral on TikTok and the product that you were presenting, like everybody wants, mm -hmm. like it's a sure way to go out of business, even with that type of success, yeah. because you don't have the, the, the manufacturing cost or mm -hmm. the the money or the, the capital to actually the structure to actually make your stuff right right and so um businesses can go out of business for a lot of reasons and a lot of times it's being undercapitalized even though you have something that people love and want and so you need money in order to do those things yeah right and so that reminds me of this woman who you know for the beyonce renaissance album she yeah. had She's on like a glitter horse or unicorn or something. Right. She's wearing glitter and she has a disco ball cowboy hat that's mm -hmm. glitter. So the girl that made that cowboy hat was some woman that on, is on TikTok with like an Etsy store. That's what I heard. And so Beyonce ordered it and now she, you know, got flooded with all of this thing. She was doing back to back TikToks, you guys. You guys, I'm just a one woman show. Like I, I do this for fun. You know, I have 3,000 people waiting for me to get back to them. <laughs> you know, it's going to be take some time. Be patient. Those things are unacceptable. Like if you are in an environment where like maybe you did do it for fun, but the day that you decided to make it a business, the day that you decided to get noticed and put it on TikTok, the day that you got that order from Beyonce, you should know that if anyone finds out this is going to blow your business up. So you have to start putting structures together. Who will help me? Where is my mom? You know, do I have cousins? <laughs> Seriously, like right. who can help me? Can I buy these things in bulk? You know, like how will I uh, handle an influx of business? Fun fact, when we were baking from home, this was the time that Cupcake Wars was a huge deal on the Food Network. We got approached by Cupcake Wars four times to go on and compete. And I was like, absolutely not. We cannot afford additional spotlight on us because we could barely keep up with yeah. a few little inquiries that we were having and the cakes that we were managing while working from home. So I declined to be on you know, Cupcake Wars four times while we were working from home. We got into the bakery. I said no again because we didn't know what the hell we were doing. We were trying to serve a community, manage employees, hire more staff as we got busier. Finally, maybe six months later, I finally said yes because now we're in the rhythm of I got to pay bills. Right. And so I knew that we were going to go. We were going to film whether we won or lost. We were going to promote it like crazy. But I knew that I was going to have to set up to prepare for an influx of traffic. Right. And once that episode aired, I'm telling you, it was like floodgates. Like yeah. immediately we went from doing 
let's say $5,000 in a weekend to 30,000. And I was like, oh my God, there's no way we can keep up with this, right? right? right. So then immediately you're like hiring people, but you have to know how to respond. So if you put yourself out there and you make a hat for Beyonce, you need to know that that shit's gonna blow up, right? right? So that I think is one of the things that you need to plan and prepare for. What happens if it takes off? What will I do? Well, if it's not taking off in the beginning, then guess what? We move to number five, which I think is the biggest of them all. And that is you need to learn and study leadership. Yeah. And this is why. Before you hire people, you need to read a book on how to hire people. You need to read a book on how to be a good leader because so many people think that there's just no good employees out there anymore. And I would just tell you, based on what I see in the workforce, there's no good leaders anymore. And that's the thing, yeah. And so everything we've been, we, we, we were talking about in our kind of what in the world around customer service, it's not those employees' no. fault. It's that manager that told her how to do it. Right. That's the person he should that, have said, wait, did you not see this right. in the training manual? <laughs> like nobody taught you how to check the gift card balance. Right, you right. know how many we sell millions of dollars as a company in gift cards. You don't know how to hit F6 and check a yeah, balance. Like yeah. we really dropped the ball on that. So I'm going to do a team huddle tomorrow to make sure every employee knows how to check a gift card balance. But right. none of these leaders are taking responsibility and they're not taking leadership seriously. Right. right. So as a leader of a business, it's your responsibility to have proper processes in place for your business, to be able to train and explain to employees how to do whatever it is you do. This is how we answer the phone. This is why we sell what we sell. This is what we're looking for our customers to feel when they have an interaction from us or with us. This is what we say in response to someone that says thank you. We say, my pleasure. This is why you know at (laughs) Chick-fil-A, they get trained on that shit, right? right? So there's an expectation around that. So leadership is super important. And unfortunately, a lot of the students that I visit in their brick and mortars, when they're complaining to me about their employee issues, I know exactly that it's because the the leadership hasn't really been established. They're not leading by example of what they want their employees to be doing. And I think the big thing is they don't know how to instill a culture, Mm -hmm. right? If you're asking for people to perform, if you're asking people to be attentive, if you're asking people to go above and beyond, then there's a culture that you have to set. And I think that that comes down to how you observe, what kind of feedback, how consistent you are, right? All How the do things you motivate uh, people. Like, like motivating people, How do you but also them? setting a standard of what it looks like. You mentioned Chick Fil A, like like it or not, they set a standard, mm-hmm. right? And that that culture is there, and they're monitoring it, they're following up, they're rewarding, they're recognizing, they're probably firing people who don't want to live up to mm-hmm. those things. But I think that that is something pe- people have to really understand. And if you don't understand leadership, then you need to learn it, right? What, because that's an essential part of your business. Yeah. Outside of money. You go out of business because of poor leadership. Right. And what leadership means, like maybe let's break it down a bit because that sounds so broad. But if you are starting a business and you have never in your life hired or done an interview before, that's an exceptional talent that most people don't have. Like Jordan, our youngest last year at 16 years old, went on an interview and she said, I never interviewed anybody in my life. But I know that that wasn't the right way to interview someone. Right. He interviewed me, but he told me more about himself and like what his expectations were and what how long he's been working for the company and what he was looking for 
he didn't really get to know me. Right. So if a 16 year old knows that you did too much talking and you didn't actually ask for examples of times where she has demonstrated her ability to show up on time or participate in a team um, exercise or project or something. Right. Um, you know, he never asked her, like, tell me about a time where you were faced with like a deadline and you had to like make some decisions or like, so he didn't learn about whether she was good at decision-making. <laughs> he didn't learn about, you know, any times where she might've performed well under pressure. He didn't learn if she was punctual, if she had reliable transportation, if this was her first job, like none of those things. And so that's a good mark of poor leadership. Yeah. You don't know how to interview someone, right. which means that you're probably just asking a bunch of questions or doing all the talking, which tells me that you're just looking for someone that you think is a nice person. Right. Oh, I think this person will be cool. Like She seemed so nice. Oh, my God. She listens to Beyonce. You're, you're, so do we. <laughs> you're right? hiring for likability. You're hiring for likability. Not a skill. Yeah. Not something that you know how to do. Not some sort of characteristic that will be beneficial to the business. Right. You're just hiring because you thought that that person was sweet. Yeah. So that's the wrong that's a reason. recipe for disaster. It is. And so what will happen is, is like you didn't set any expectations. They don't have any expectations. Y'all just like each other. Mm -hmm. And now I come in and I don't take you seriously. And I don't take you seriously because you don't really have any processes in place. You're like scrambling around for recipes. You're like, oh, yeah, I didn't get to that because I've been so busy. And then you're a hot mess. And then the employee sees that you don't really have your shit together. And then they quit. And right. then the employee comes in Christ to me and says, there's no more reliable people. I'm like, oh, sis, it's not about reliable people. It's about you're not hiring the right people from the beginning. Right. And so those are the five things. Have an exceptional product. Conduct extensive research. You need to figure out how to stand out and target your people. Build a strong online presence. Keep it very simple. That's a website and one social media platform. Uh, you will need money to start a business. So find out how to make money, how to leverage money, how to take a loan out, a small loan in the beginning, because you just have to prove your concept. You got to right. make money in order to like be able to say this is a worthy investment. And then number five, you need to study leadership. You need to become a really good interviewer. You need to become someone who other people are going to want to look up to and like go to for advice and you know, be comfortable like talking about yeah. difficult things. And you've got to know how to, as a leader, like put people in their place when they don't do something good for your customer. Like what would you do as a leader, Eddie mm -hmm. Copeland, in 2023, if at your place of business, you owned Kava right. and you saw that interaction where the, the employee didn't say, no problem, my pleasure, we'll see you next week or whatever, when you said thank you. Yeah. What would you say? Uh, immediately I would pull that person to the side mm -hmm. and provide feedback. Mm -hmm. And I would say to them, so, you know, tell me a little bit about that interaction. Mm -hmm. They would say, oh, he, you know, picked up. He was asking. He I wanted said, extra sauce. And I said, so, you know, when the person said thank you, how did you respond? Mm -hmm. And they were like, uh, 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 uh. I, say, I gave him a nod. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I say, you didn't say you're welcome. You didn't say my right. pleasure. Said, Do you normally not tell people they're welcome or no problem mm -hmm. after someone was saying, I said, so, how do you think that customer, like my, I would go into right. it so that they would have a realization. That'd be the first conversation. Mm -hmm. The second time I, I, I would say, so we talked about this before mm -hmm. and, and now you still struggle with this. Mm -hmm. What we, what is stopping you from saying, thank you're you, welcome. you're welcome, mm -hmm. you know, no problem, whatever. Oh, it just slipped my mind. Okay. 
can, can, can that never happen again? I'm sorry, what? Can that never happen again, please? Can it never <laughs> happen again? Please? I would say, yeah, yeah. Can you make sure that never happens again? Right. And then I would ask for a commitment. Yes. And if I saw it again, then you, you're out of here. Problem. Right. And so I think it's some leaders have a tough time with that. Mm -hmm. Some business owners have a very difficult time with that. A lot of business right. owners. And, and understanding that you need to have a standard. And what's hurting your ability to interview people is that you are not clear on the expectations yep. and the performance you're looking for. Mm -hmm. So you don't know what, to, know what to ask people and you don't know what to listen for. Yeah. And so you have to be really, really good at that. Uh, and I think the other piece that, and we'll end with this, is that you have to understand it's just never done. Mm. Like running a business is never complete. Yeah. Never, never is there a situation where you say everything is perfect. It's, I can, I can finally I go can finally on vacation. Rest. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, it will always be something. Can I just be clear when you sign up to start a business, that's like, I'm signing up to solve problems. Right. Never ending, always and forever. Right. <laughs> like forever, and it, ever. it can be doom and gloom and you, make you upset if you want. But I'm telling you as a friend, this is literally what you're signing up for. You're signing up saying there's a problem in the marketplace and I want to be able to create a solution. And I'm okay facing all of the challenges that will come up that I don't even foresee. But I believe in what I'm doing so much right. that we will constantly be figuring out ways to overcome these challenges. It, so yeah. that's going to be so I'll, I'll, I'll just say this. My sister is getting ready to go on maternity leave. Mm. She works for a family business and she's trying to get everything done before she goes on maternity leave. And she's like, you know, if it's not one thing, it's another. I'm trying to get everything done before I go. I can't go and leave these people hanging and blah, 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 blah. Someone quit today. I said, sis, I'm going to tell you, you got it all fucked up. <laughs> you got it all wrong. Business is about never ending problems. Right. Like it can be something that makes you mad or you can understand what it truly is. I said, in business, there will always be someone unhappy that needs a little freaking extra love and that shit is never going to be inconvenient. There will always be potentially someone stealing from you. Someone who's got a crisis who can't come to work and it's really inconvenient so you got to go do it. There will always be someone who is quitting mm -hmm. that you have to replace that it seems, oh my God, I'm never going to replace right. this person. It's be, never convenient. Right. There will always be um, some sort of like inventory issue you know right. we're waiting on this we've been waiting for five days we can't get it okay there's always going to be an inventory issue and there will always be some type of process that's not working properly 100 percent. Right? something tech right and the thing is what is else that, what like let's keep going yeah then. i mean but the list goes on and on mm -hmm. right but the thing is is that what a leader needs to understand is that there are certain problems that are somewhat predictable problems, mm -hmm. right? There, you shouldn't be surprised that you're having a process issue. You shouldn't be su super surprised that someone's going to quit. In your mind, it's not that you're negative thinking or, or no. negative, negatively for forecasting the future, but you're ready set to say, I know these things can happen. I just know how I'm going to manage myself and how I will lead the team through those things. Mm -hmm. and, and, and that's the thing you really want to focus on and make sure you're ready to do. Yeah, but they're like secondary consequences to starting a business, yeah. right? Like you start a business, you know that there will be challenges and they won't ever go away. And so I had to tell her 
take the maternity leave. Like right. it's not going to be perfect. All these, like, pro- all these somebody be else is going to quit next week. I'm right. sorry to tell you, someone's going to get sick next week. Someone's going to infect other people. There might be a pandemic next week. There might be inventory issues. There's going to be something. So in a business, it's never finished. It's right. never complete. It's never a perfect time. And there's never not a problem to solve. And there's never enough time. There's <laughs> right. just not. You're going to always want to revise your website. You're always going to need more pictures and content. And you're always going to need to put more stuff out on social media. You're always going to feel behind on marketing. You're always going to feel like you don't have enough help. You're always going to feel like you got to make more money. Like those are part of those are problems that come with running a business that are not necessarily problems. They're the they're secondary just, consequences they're of just running part a business. Of doing it. Right. Right. And I think the last thing I'll say about this and I think is is, is important is like they, we're not saying you're gonna run around with your head cut off and you're putting out fires all day and you should expect that. No. What we're saying is is that there are going to be things that are extremely predictable. Um you probably don't want them to happen at that time, but you knew that they could happen. Mm-hmm. The thing that you want to do is the problems that you can create processes and put people in charge of and hold them accountable for those things. You don't want to see those those repeat. Right. And then there are things that you mentioned that we were listing off that are just part of the process. And this is a cyclical thing of business. Mm -hmm. No one's going to stay forever. Yeah. Right. You're going to get a negative Yelp review. hundred percent. You're going to have a new product. That new Mm -hmm. product is going to have an issue or the process of delivering whatever it is. All these things. Someone's not going to like it. Yeah. And you're going to be tinkering and innovating and trying to make things better. And that's the thing you just have to make sure you have radical acceptance around Mm -hmm. because if you're fighting it and you're resisting it, now you got two problems. Yeah. You got your problem Mm -hmm. and now you got the problems of your business. And now that's too many problems. You just need to make sure you have this, the one, right? I think though that the, the key that I want to leave you with is they're not actually problems. Like that's just what a business is. A business is figuring out ways to be creative and overcome challenges. And let's be real. Most people don't like that. They don't like that work. They want things to be easy, which is why then you shouldn't be a business owner. Right. Because I am telling you from experience that your job is to be innovative. It's to think outside of the box. It's to be excited about stepping up to new challenges and finding ways to solve things that people just don't want to deal with, which is why hopefully you make the big bucks, yep. right? And so I hope this episode served you. I hope you got something good out of it. But, you know, running a business, people say running a business is hard. Well, it definitely is challenging, but running a business that's challenging can also be really thrilling and exciting. Yeah. So you get to choose your adjective. Do An you want it to be rewarding. hard? Or do you want to do something that's really challenging but exceptionally rewarding? Yeah. And I think that if you choose that path, then you'll be setting yourself up for problems, but you'll be able to kind of like look around the corner and anticipate them. And then they won't piss you off so bad. Like stop (laughs) getting pissed off about problems in business. Problems in business mean that you're growing and you're learning. And that's an exceptional thing to do because if not, then just get a job. So let us know if this episode was helpful for you. If you're looking into uh, starting a business or turning your side hustle into something, I hope these tips were helpful. They made sense. They're super simple, but these are really the five things that kind of come up for us all the time. Yeah. So we'll see you guys in the next episode and push through. Thank you for listening to the Push Podcast. 
hey, we want to hear from you. So if you have a question or there's a particular topic that you want us to tackle and you want us to help you push through, you got to do something for us. You got to go to Apple Podcasts and you got to leave a rating and a review. And in that review, go ahead and leave that question with your Instagram handle so that we can shout you out when we actually answer the question. And we'll talk about that on the podcast and make sure that, hey, this particular podcast is made for you. So leave a rating, leave a review, leave your handle. And until next time, push through.